Welcome to the Design Exchange Podcast, hosted by Danny Russo and Melinda Peters-Elliott. Listen in to get tips from the top. With over 40 years of design experience between these two, you will gain valuable information for your interior design business or in hiring a designer for your own home. Danny and Melinda's design aesthetic may be very different, but they both offer a unique view on how to approach a project and are extremely entertaining to listen to. So grab your favorite beverage and prepare to learn and laugh a little too. Without further ado, here are Danny and Melinda. Hi guys, happy Friday. Welcome to the Design Exchange with your host, Danny Russo and Melinda Peters-Elliott. Unfortunately, Melinda is enjoying the beautiful sunshine and rays down in, I believe, the Bahamas. So we have a special guest with us today coming via phone for the first time. And she is one of my amazing friends. Her name is none other than Camille Cower from the eSpot. Camille, how are you? Thank you so much for having me this morning. I'm, I'm so, so excited to hang out with you. I was about you. to say the same exact thing, twinsies. <laughs> Yay! Um, and sorry Melinda couldn't join us, but man, am I jealous she's in the Bahamas. I know, right? Lucky. Yeah. So she's all nice and warm down there, and we're up here oh freezing, and you're down in North Carolina, right? Freezing. Like, I just looked at the weather. It's freezing. Yeah. When I went to work, came to work this morning, it was cold. And I was like, Whoa. Sweater weather. I know. I'm wearing a onesie from <gasps> You Would Die. It's a, it doesn't look like a onesie. It actually looks like a twosie, but it's a onesie. It's called a tuxie, and it was on Shark Tank. And I ordered it way back when in gray. And I really wanted the gray with the, it's a gray top that looks like a sweatshirt and it has a black bottom, which looks like sweatpants. So it's like one of the most amazing things. I love fall. I love the sweater weather. It's just. It's, I do not. Well, I'm a summertime girl. No, you're. I just don't like wearing all the layers. Oh, layers. You're in. Yeah. Tell us where. Tell us where you're at. You're in Char. Char I call it Charlottesvilleburg because I could never <laughs> remember. There's Charlottesville. <laughs> Charlotte's. Oh my gosh, it's not even that hard. Just think of scary Carrie. That's where I'm at in Carrie. I know where you're Although like, it's not I know scary Ca- at all. It's the suburbs of Raleigh. Call Raleigh. You're down in yeah. Raleigh. So, Camille, me and you met at High Point randomly at one of the showrooms, and it was so funny because I've been on your podcast multiple times. I think this is the first time you're on mine. You've been on my um uh, personal video spots, haven't you? Didn't we do a happy yes, hour? Yes, I've done a live with you, and we did like a kind of hodgepodge interview where I interviewed you, interviewed me at the same time, type of thing at High Point. Yeah, but this oh is yeah, like we the put that on here. Official deal. Yeah. So tell us about yourself. When people ask me, like, how do you guys know each other? I'm like, well, we just know each other from High Point, and we met maybe right. like three years ago, and I met you and your mom. And I, you, what did you say? I was the only one to talk to you or something? No. It, well, okay. So I have this thing where I collect friends that are brutally honest the first time we meet. And you were just like so brutally honest because <laughs> I was wearing like white jeans, um, a branded top for the TV show that I was working on and like a suit jacket. And you were like, tell me what was the motivation behind this outfit. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> 
something to that effect. And I just remember thinking, oh, he's telling me the truth. He's not just saying, oh, you look cute, but I don't look cute. Well, you kind of look like a news anchor. I was kind of debating on the outfit. And I was like, ah, I got to promote my show. I might as well wear this. You kind of look Bad like idea. a you looked like a news anchor. I feel like when I met you, and I like I'm clueless to those kinds of things. I was like, oh, she must be <clears throat> an interior designer, blah blah blah. And you had um, a buyer tag on, and I'm like, she has to be an interior designer. And then later we find out that you were using your mom's um, gallery pass to get yeah. it, which isn't a bad thing, but. You're very involved in the furniture industry. So I am. How did that happen? Just because so, of your mom? Um, like to go back to my very first time I went to market, I was probably about 15, assuming, because that's the age they allow. But maybe back then it was even younger because I'm blah, blah, blah years old. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so my mom owns an art gallery. And as time has progressed, I kind of co own it with her. But Needless to say, she would go there all the time with her celebrity friends that would come to stay with us. And whenever they got like a new home or whatever, they would come to stay with us and we would take them to High Point Market. It always just kind of worked out that way. My mom was a stunt woman and she did have like her artwork on a lot of different TV shows, including like the Oprah show, Parenthood. New Jack City, and I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head at this moment because it's really early. But um, <laughs> this is probably the earliest so, I've ever recorded a podcast. Just so you know, it's, <laughs> it's Friday at seven fifty-two a.m. and it's usually happy hour with, um, on the Design Exchange, and <laughs> it's just um, me in the office. Camille's on the phone, and it's nice and quiet. It's nice and peaceful. I love when I called you. You had is. so much energy. Um, and it gets my day started too. Like I always love our coffee talks because yeah. like whenever we're talking, it's always like you inspire me to do something new or try something or you're quoting RuPaul. <laughs> RuPaul never said no to a job. So no shit and neither should you. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do it. But yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of friends in common that we don't, that are in the same industry, but we don't really, yeah. I wouldn't say we know each yeah, other. Yeah, we're not, not but, really. It was so, um, I, and then I started working in the modeling industry probably about, I was like 20, because I worked in the film industry first and then had one kind of bad experience. It was like, I don't want to remember lines ever again. People are mean. I hate memorizing um, lines. I love just doing live interviews and just being all natural. I love doing this kind of thing. Me too. But me my too. God, well, when I had I to learn lines. I was kind of scared of it because sometimes I don't have a filter and I say exactly what pops in my mind. And to me, it'll be funny, but to the other person, And that is why me and you are such good friends. A little too sharp. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I like friends that I can be impulsive with and they won't get offended and they understand that it's just me just expressing myself, not necessarily coming after them, much like yeah. how we met. You know what I mean? Like I was like, ah, if he can dish it, he can take it. So <laughs> Exactly. Not that I'm a mean person, but sometimes I just say exactly what's on my mind and it may so not did... intentionally hurt someone's feelings. And so Yeah. That's us. And That's us. That, that describes us. We never intend to hurt anybody's feelings. No. So you were. Oh, but furni- I did a lot of furniture ads. Furniture. Long story oh, you short. Did, well, you did. You did a lot of furniture ads. I've seen a couple. Yeah. You actually did one for a company that I worked with, and it's funny that my show producer actually was a model. I think he was a police officer. Or he was on a bike or something in the same. Uh, oh, fun. It was Haverty's furniture, and it was Big Josh. Um, but he was in. 
um, the same thing because you did a Haverty's commercial. And then you just sent me one of your commercials recently and it was for Costco, right? Mm. I think it was like 2016. Yeah. Yeah, it was for um, it was for Universal Furniture, but it was for their Costco division of furniture. So they actually had me say a few brand names because, you know, a lot of times they're, oh, am I giving out trade secrets? Who cares? No. Here we go. Um, a lot of times they like, under one name, it's called Berkshire's and another name, oh, yeah, that's Benetton a, or whatever. Like well, one brand Benetton, will have... But, there's a couple of brands yeah. out there. They have, I call them ghost lines. Um, yeah. And they're geared ter- toward a certain kind of designer. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I mean, and since yeah, I I've used seen... to be an esthetician, we used to call it private label, where yeah. they would make yeah, the same yeah, yeah, product exactly. and just stick different labels on it. Exactly. So um, too it much, was a, too much and right now. What was so funny about that is that they sent me the lines, which were three pages, like nine size um, font <laughs> the day before. And it was my daughter's birthday that same day. So I was celebrating with my daughter all day. And it was like, oh, maybe I don't have lines. <laughs> Got them like at seven o'clock at night. Next day, show up. And it's like Paula Dean's picture is everywhere. And this is right oh, before that's right. or right after all that. I remember walking and you telling me that story. On with Paula Dean. And I was like, oh, my God. Please let her not be here. <laughs> I might lose my black card for working with her. <laughs> you've done, you've just, done more than it was that. Really funny. You were you were on also you were also an actress, and yeah. you were on Dawson's Creek, right? I was, I was. So that's how I got my SAG card. How did you? What part did you? I've never watched Dawson's Creek. I just remember James Vanderbeek was on it, <laughs> and, and, and Josh Jackson and Michelle Williams and Katie Holmes. So there's one thing that I probably have never, I've never even told you this. Um, Uh-oh. I met the mother from Dawson's Creek. And oh. I ended up playing some sort of card game with her. And we were with one of our friends. I guess I could say his name because he's um, no longer with us. But um, his name was Chris Jacobson. And at the time, he was dating... I want to say the guy's name was Louie from Dancing with the Stars way back when. And he was best friends with whoever played the mother on Dawson's Creek. And that's why when you said that, I'm like, oh, my God, is that her? No, that's not her. But (laughs) that was like the one and only time that I was in L.A. years and years and years ago, many moons ago. (gasps) So I, I how don't many, think I did any scenes with her, but um, between you and all of your listeners, I never watched Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <Me> either. <laughs> I mean, I've seen my scenes only because since we're, we're then, narcissistic and we like watching existed, ourselves. I was working, you know, so like a lot of times the show would come on. This is before DVRs, and um, I wasn't really that kid who could program a VCR to record at a certain time every day. So I never really got to watch it. And then um, after it aired, I was still working a lot because mm. I was paying my own way through college. So I didn't really have time to like watch the WB and just um, catch up with high schoolers because I was like in my 20s. What so it was college, also kind college, of dorky to watch a show about high school at the time. 
What college but did you looking go to? back, I'm like, I can't wait to watch it with my daughter because maybe we'll enjoy it together since it was such a hit show and it's still on TV, Yeah, which is amazing because I still get residual checks. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, they're $30, nice. but hey. Hey, <laughs> it's better than nothing. Go to my favorite Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> and get your favorite. What did you tell me yes. when I told you Wendy's was headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio? And you go... Wow, there's a lot of stuff I mean, in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> well, I mean, I grew up because you thought Ohio I grew up was most the South. My life in Europe, so I didn't move yeah. to America until I was about 13 or so, and then I was raised by vegetarians once I moved here. So I didn't know anything about fast food. I didn't have my first Wendy's burger until maybe last year or two years ago. I mean, I had In and Out, but I hadn't had Wendy's or even a McDonald's burger. I've never had one. So like. I didn't know where any of those things were located. <laughs> you thought I Columbus just assumed was the all South. burgers came from Texas because <laughs> that's like the beef capital. And I learned that from Oprah when they sued her. Oh, uh, yeah. So I remember I didn't you know. telling me that story. <laughs> I'm not very um, – I blame it on being dyslexic, but it might not be a thing. But no. geography in America, like, doesn't make sense to me at all. So it's just – like, I remember thinking Ohio was in the South. Oh, my, you just extent. told me that the other day. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, it's like South, but it's Pennsylvania. That's I've been, all I know. Pennsylvania's the North. Pennsylvania is the Northeast, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I always try to describe to you and other people when they're like, you're in Ohio. You're in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> is that by Cleveland? Is that by Toledo? <laughs> is that by Cincinnati? Yeah. No, it's by none of them. It's literally in the middle of Ohio. And it kind of yeah. is. If you go south of Columbus, you kind of are in the south because we have next the next state down is going to be Kentucky. Um, oh. If you go to our left, we have Indiana. And that's technically the Midwest. And if you go to the right, we have the Northeast. So Columbus, Ohio is kind of like the intersection of all three of those areas. Right. And Ohio is also thought of to be like, like a lot of times in the acting world, they're always like, we got to be like middle America. You got to sound like you're from middle America. You know, like no accent, no. I don't, do you have an accent? Yeah, I've never noticed you have an accent. Not straight, like in sexual orientation, <laughs> just very like you don't have anything going on with your voice. Yeah, really. Or like your dress, like it has to be able to fit middle America whenever you're performing. How old were you when you came over to don't. America from when your dad was in the military? Were you young? Say what? It? How old were you when you came over to America when you were all you were always over in Europe? Weren't you? Yeah, you were I born was in, in, um, so I was raised in Germany, Turkey, and Holland. And so, I never lived on base, so I had to learn the languages there in order to make friends because I'm an only child. Did you have an and, accent uh, when you came here? Yes, I actually was in ESL when I moved to America. They put me in ESL. What is ESL? Define school. that for my listeners. ESL is. Oh, English as a second language. English as a second language. Now, there's also something. <laughs> one of my friends yeah. moved from Ohio to England, and he actually took elocution classes. And that's what something uh. people take to eliminate their accents. Yeah, no, that's what I had to do. I mean, sometimes it sneaks back in if I get nervous or um, if I watch a TV show. With a, like um, Recently we watched um, The Gang of Thieves, something of Thieves, and there was a lot of German people in the film. So I started back speaking in broken English and like accent and everything. I was like, oh, no, I got to stop watching this. Because you were watching but, Game of Thrones? What were you watching? Um, no, I'm 
Um, it's Gang of Thieves or something. Gang I don't know. It's thieves. a Zack Snyder. I don't know it. Zack Snyder film. It's on Netflix. It's like um, the safe cracker, and he's from Germany, and there's a lot of German. And Should I started I be watching just like it? slipping right into it. So I have to be careful because huh. it's real easy. Like I think when you're when you're raised around a lot of accents or raised around a lot of languages, it's real easy if you're around someone, you just kind of, I don't know, like you start mimicking it, whether like whether it's a Southern accent and whatever, anything but Jamaican. I can't do a good Jamaican. But like um, hey, if man. I'm around somebody, hey, I start man. mimicking it. Hey, you know, man, I sound you need Scottish a car. I, try. I, can't, I can't. I'm not good with that. I'm like, Rastafari, man. You talk to me. I talk. I, I'm not really good at it. I, I could do a really good Indian accent. And I can do a really good um, Italian accent only because I've been raised around both of those. <laughs> and uh, my grandmother always helps. spoke broken English. <laughs> and we Diversify. Be, what are yeah, you what well, are you saying? And working on she'd oh, be like ahead, sorry. sorry, I'm I, sorry. go ahead, you go. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say working on films, um, and knowing I wanted to be an actress, there was actually a guy who is an actor who took me aside and like worked with me on a regular basis in between his breaks and so on to help me get rid of my accent. Cause I was in a film and they dubbed over me completely because I was supposed to play like this Brooklyn. Well, this Manhattan East side girl who goes to Brooklyn to buy a gun to, for, to, um, to protect yourself against bullies that she was experiencing in school. And the person they dubbed over me sounded like a woman who'd been smoking Newport since she was four. Huh? And she was in sixties. Um, That's interesting. I don't know what this lady looks like at all. So forgive me if she's like twenty something. <laughs> but anyway, oh, it sounds. I horrible. highly doubt she's going to so be listening like, oh my to my gosh, little podcast. I really need to fix this so this doesn't keep happening to me. And he pulled me aside and started working with me. And even um, he worked at Juilliard, so it was pretty impressive oh, that I really got cool. free help from him. So, did you do what else have you done? Anything else besides Dawson Creek? Anything? Oh, you did a couple um, movies, but they haven't even been released yet. I know I mean, there's I did some... a lot of commercial work and like stand-in work for bigger films that people would know. Um, I like I was a stand-in for Diane Carroll in the movie Having Our Say, which was like a TV movie of the week. I was a stand-in and body double for Sanai Lathan in Something New. Oh, that's cool. Um, Your I, mom I worked was as a, a makeup stunt artist double. on Hustle and Flow. Um, Your mom was a stunt, stunt like double, a, right? So much, like for the last 13 years, I've done mainly only commercial work. So it's like French Toast, Lowe's. Camille, um, can you hear me? Haverty's, but every yeah. furniture USA, <laughs> almost. Was it your mom a stunt double as well? Yeah, my mom was a stunt woman, so she did things for like New Jack City. Um, uh, Jason's lyric, you can actually see her in it because she plays a carjack victim to Bokeem Woodbine. He like slams the window on her face. Uh, wow. Uh, Thankfully, it was just sugar water, so there was no damage done. But, yeah, it's kind of funny when you look at the film now because the car is obviously a wrecker car because the door is one color, the hood's another color. <laughs> you, like, do you notice that in movies? Woman? <laughs> like, it doesn't look Do you notice like a that a lot? Do you notice mm-hmm. that a lot in movies? Do you notice Say that, that a lot? Do you notice that a lot in movies? Like, when you see yeah. a plot hole or something strange? 
like that. Yeah, like that's probably why I like watching horror films because you just get so you're so concentrated on not getting scared, you don't notice the continuity of it all, or you don't expect for it to be like oh, perfect so because people why. are running and screaming and yelling or getting slashed a yeah. lot. Um, and now, like. It's just the quality of film has gone up so much, and I feel bad for a lot of these crews because they really work nonstop hours because people are constantly trying to find the mistakes, like with Game of Thrones when they had that Starbucks cut I know. issue. I'm one. <laughs> I'm always, for some reason, as a designer, I'm always looking at the backgrounds, mm-hmm. and I'm always like, my eyes never well, trained on the What's one of your favorite forefront. shows based on the background or the? set decoration of it all oops this okay. is your interview but i'm just curious no 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 you're fine i love yeah. um all of ryan murphy's stuff his new stuff Ooh. i love the set design on um few ryan murphy did Joe. dawson's creek he was the creator oh for yeah that's creek. right um i love all of wes anderson's stuff i'm trying oh, to really? think i love the great gatsby sets um oh, beautiful. have you watched yeah. corella yet i love their sets Corella, the movie? Yeah, yeah. Their sets are amazing. So let me ask you this. Since we're talking about mm-hmm. sets and stunts and um, all that interesting things that can happen, what's your opinion on everything that's going down with Alec Baldwin and the set uh, of The Rush? My, because I just my, feel so bad for the families, number one, of the of people involved. And number two, I feel so bad for him. Because Absolutely. he's not a killer. And well, I feel like... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I feel sorry for the whole situation because I can't imagine anyone's intention was to kill someone no. when making that film. Like, everybody goes into work just to go to make a great product to entertain someone. Like, that's your goal of working in film is the continuing of making magic, you know, and just getting people to, for a couple of hours forget what's going on in their world and just pay attention to the story you're telling. And so I feel sorry for everyone involved because for whatever reason, they cut corners that how caused does a, that how situation does a live, to happen and it should have never happened. How does a live round of ammunition get onto a production set? Is kind I of... have, like, that, like, you know, I live in North Carolina, so everyone knows about Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son who was killed here on the crow for that same incident happening where he was shot by a live round. How does that get onto a set though? And the thing is, is like, I don't even understand why or how that happened. And apparently it was just a one shot thing, but that one shot shot her and also hurt the director. That's not, that's not true. That's not a one shot. I don't understand it. Cause um, like I mentioned earlier, I worked on a film where, I was supposed to buy a gun while I was also supposed to shoot someone, which I never, um, they never filmed that scene because they ran out of time, which I'm grateful for. Because <laughs> even though you know it's fake, in that moment, your brain is, you got to pretend it's real. Everything that's happening is real, your real reaction. And for that to really transpire where you really are killing someone as opposed to pretending to killing someone, yeah. I can't even imagine how you can go on a set and not feel that same fear for the rest of your life. And he's been doing this. I mean, he's from a family of filmmakers, like all of his brothers and so on film and his like nieces, Justin Bieber's wife, right? Like his daughter's, his daughter's Justin Bieber, his daughter's Justin Bieber's wife. 
Oh, it's his daughter. Oh, yeah, wow. Haley. I didn't realize it was that close. It was Stephen Baldwin's daughter. I guess because she was blonde. My bad. No, I but, think that was um, his because she hosted Saturday Night Live. She was a Apparently, the assistant director was the one that told him it was a safe gun to use. And so that's something that should have never happened. It should have always been in the armor's hand. Armor. Because yeah. um, when I was trained at one time ever, like it was so much I had to go through on how to handle a gun, the way to make it look real, because it wasn't a real gun. But it was, so I don't know why they were using a real gun, but maybe because it was a Western film. And I so heard. on, but um, my daughter and I, we were watching this TV show, I Zombie, and there's a there's an episode where that happens in the film, and they were even explaining in that episode, which was aired on the CW um, or Netflix actually, um, where they were explaining like how real guns aren't used and how they can feel exactly the same. So it's, I mean, an actor who's just playing part wouldn't necessarily know the difference between a fake gun and a real gun considering how closely they are replicated. Does SAG so have I, protocols set up for all that? Because I heard that there was not only one incident on that set. I heard mm-hmm. that one of the prop masters shot herself in the foot with a blank. I mm. heard that one of the stunt doubles got shot on the set as well. So do you think, is I mean, does SAG have set guidelines or the, whatever the Screen Actors well, Guild... SAG stands for Screen Actors Guild. um, Etsy, um, don't make me figure out what that stands for. It's IATSE. They're one of the unions that protect the actual people who um, do that line of work as far as like prop masters and so on. And then um, even the Producers Guild, the Writers Guild, like there's so many different unions, but I don't know necessarily that this was a complete union film. Because it was filmed was in New it? Mexico as a right to work oh. state, so you don't. Not everyone has to be union, and it was yeah, a low yeah, yeah. budget film as well. Yeah. So I know there was like some issues where people had walked out. So um, I don't know if they were following all the safety protocols, if they were doing a lot of budget cuts. Yeah. And I think it's weird that people are blaming Alec Baldwin when he's just an actor in the film. Just because he's rich doesn't mean that he's got right. to shell out all the money for the production. Although right, I do right, believe right. he was. Part of the he was a, he producer, was a, he was a producer. But he was getting producing throw credit. that title in just to be do. like you can make more money on the backside because we can't pay you on the front side. They'll yeah. give you like producer credit and so on. So I still and it may also mean that he can look at the dailies and approve edits and so on. Like there's a lot of layers to it that could have been involved. Yeah. Which now I'm sure he's like, ah, like he might never do that again. Or other actors may now realize it's not always what they're cracked up for. Because I know for me personally, right. I'm not even on the same level as Baldwin by any means. No, but I don't no. like working on um, low budget films for that reason because there are a lot of because um, so, I I did it in my past and there was a lot of things where it's like I could have gotten killed. You know, like even on. <laughs> We'd, we'd want that Creek, to happen. There was an incident where a light fell on this girl's head. Oh, and God, I've heard about that happening. Like, because she was such a fan, all they had to do was, like, let her hang out with an actor and she was cool with it. And I'm like, what if she's got, like, brain down or something issues now There, you know, she never got the payment for her. They did, you yeah, know, like, they just yeah. kind of like, oh, she's fine. Everybody's fine. So It all worked out. And she could be totally fine now, but it's just, there's all those rules and regulations, but people sometimes cut corners and I just 
Let's, I don't think it's worth the risk. I want you to tell my listeners, and I want you to talk about me and Melinda, or talk about me and Melinda. Talk about me and Melinda, please. Tell me, (laughs) (laughs) since Melinda's not here, tell me more about your, you've become a kind of an activist as well as an actor lately. Uh, So it's kind of like triple A, double A for you. Well, now triple A, I have acting, activism. AA, <laughs> but you you know you turned into you well, kind of turned sober, into so that's kind of funny. Oh, but, no, you don't uh, drink. Back up, like my dad was a member of SNCC, the Student Nonviolence. Um, oh, I can always mess this up. Student Nonviolence Committee Coalition, something like that. And so I grew up around activists in that sense. But then as I got older. I kind of, I kind of just went with the flow with things, and then just a lot of times bad things happened to me, and I just felt like the government was just going to stick up for me, or things would just, oh well, I was wrongfully fired. They're like the right thing to do is just to get me back my job, and it didn't always happen that way. So then, in 2016, again, I think, well, maybe it was before 2016, 2015. I don't remember the exact year, but HB two happened here, which was the House Bill. Mm-hmm. which was the bathroom bill. Oh yeah, they where, had me um, on they had me on one of your transgender had to, you know, you had to go to the bathroom they were born, not necessarily what you identified as and because of that a lot of different films stopped recording here and filming here and I had just got cast in I remember um, that. A TV show that it, oh no, actually that was something else that happened. That was a Kevin no. Spacey film. I was just cast in House of Cards and that got canceled. Oh, I was can I was um cast in a Starbucks commercial. That's what it was. Oh, and cool. that got canceled. And so it was just like, wait, <laughs> all these big breaks that I was counting on. Hey, you never know. It's gonna happen. It's still gonna happen. Were taken away from me. So I just started telling like getting involved with government officials like boycott and boycott. North Carolina and is the on the map. Atlanta's on the map. Didn't you tell For me sure. Hunger Games was produced in Atlanta? Or not Atlanta, in um, North Carolina? Iron Man 3 was. Like, it was filmed Not Iron Man, Hunger House. Games. Oh, sorry, what? Hunger Games. Hunger Games was filmed. Oh, yeah, Hunger you. Games. Um, up in Asheville, that was filmed, yeah. part of it. And... A lot of films were filmed here. Kiss the Girls was filmed here. Um, I can't think of a lot of the things, but there's a lot of things that have been filmed here. And now it's coming back because Atlanta is completely full. So we're getting some of the overflow. Like Our Kind of People is filmed here. Um, Um, And some other Halloween. We keep switching from acting to... That was filmed here. (laughs) We keep switching from acting to activism. Um, Oh, right. So yeah. I wanted you to talk. We have a few minutes left. I wanted you to talk. It was so funny because the other night somehow I ended up pulling up YouTube and me and Hayden were watching it and the interview of you talking to me was came up with my picture and it was when I was on the ESPN radio e-spot with you <laughs> and you were wearing my sunglasses and had my shirt on and my friends were over and they're like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, it's a Camille thing. It's Camille. She did this. But didn't you just take up a role with George Washington University um, doing something there? What are you doing Yeah, so I'm on the advisory council for their digital marketing program at their business school. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just finished 
um, completing that program myself. Oh, in hold on. We're going to talk about that. I want to talk about something else first. Because we yeah. want to talk about the e spot. Um, we're segueing, we're jumping around. But Camille, if you want to follow her show, how can they follow your show? Do a quick plug for that. It's the e spot with Camille Cower. Um, it's so on, on any podcast platforms, it's the E spot with Camille and there's a dash in between the E and the spot. The E is for entertainment, but you can also check me out on Camille Cower.com. Cower rhymes with power, but C-A-M-I-L-L-E. it's spelled K-A-U-E-R. And you can find all my social media handles at the very bottom of my website on the first page. Yeah. Just click on the icon and you can find me. I even have my TikTok up there now. Oh boy. Which I'm not very active on. I me either. <laughs> So let's talk about your activism over the last uh, couple yeah. of years because you got me kind of involved and you actually kind of schooled me on some things that I was unaware of. Um, and you taught me well, a lot. Well, it's hard to keep up with everything. Even for myself, I feel like I'm constantly learning and picking my battles. What are my no's and what can I just like, eh, it's not that big of a deal, you know, but you you know, I think well, yeah. in your industry, it's a little more difficult because it is predominantly the one percenters and they're not always privy to what life is like for people who aren't part of the one percent you know the labor side of things and being that i'm married to a teamster even my eyes i love jay (laughs) i grew up very privileged i went to a private school you know like i wasn't but when everything went down last summer you were kind of the one that taught me when we were when the george floyd thing happened you got me kind of Mm -hmm. involved in that and we didn't know i've gotten kind of numb to all the videos of um, black men getting killed because I was like, well, maybe they, maybe it was their fault to some extent. Like you wanted to make it seem like they deserved it. So you wouldn't be so scared that it could be you next, but seeing the George Floyd incident where it was on camera, people were telling them him to stop and he seemed to be kind of enjoying it. Like his hands were in his pocket. It was just so vividly disturbing. And it's that not only it that, there was multiple to ones. Ignore. My husband and I both watched it. My husband's white. And so we were both like in, te- well, I was in tears. I can't remember if he was as well, but I remember him saying something to the effect like this has to stop. And it just was both of us just being on the same page of things of like, this isn't right. Like because someone reaches too quickly or because someone stole something, that doesn't mean they pay with their life. And that was seemingly what the uh, response was a lot of times. Like even with the, um, with some of the, like the, uh, some of the other incidences they could come, they can make excuses for why it happened. And there really isn't any excuse that a policeman is judge, jury, and executioner. Like whatever happened to aiming to hurt or to injure, you know, always aiming to injure. Yeah. I was out with one of my lawyer friends the other night and she was carrying a taser Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we've had a lot of incidents happening in uh, Columbus. Um, even in my neighborhood, it was scary. It was like nine o'clock in the morning. I was coming to work the other day and some guy came walking up to my car and he asked me for money and I never carry cash. And this guy was actually white. (laughs) Then he asked me for a cigarette and I'm like, um, okay. And then he saw a bottle of water sitting on my dashboard and he asked me for the bottle of water. It was in my cup holder. And I, I felt so bad for him. If you need water, like that's scary. I gave him my water. But you've been very active with the George Floyd Fund and the George Floyd Memorial Fund and the George Floyd Memorial Center. And you've kind of got me involved in that. 
too. Um, is and that, thank you again for the very generous donation, you're which welcome. I was not expecting. <laughs> you're such a sweetheart. No, I, 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 I like assisting my <laughs> friends with their, with their causes. Um, I call. We had a political election yesterday. Yesterday was election day, so you right. know, you know how I also call myself asexual. Um, <laughs> but I'm. I found a new term. I think I'm going to be calling myself apolitical from now on <laughs> because yes. I just don't want to talk about politics or get into it. But well, it's interesting that so many things have become political that shouldn't be political, where it's being so divisive right now. And this is the United States, not the divisive states. So right. I don't blame you. And then we've lost the whole thing. And like, just like you said, mm-hmm. the United States of America, and somehow mm-hmm. we've become like the divided states. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, if you're this, mm-hmm. you're uh, you're if you're in this category, you're automatically considered this and i'm just like right that's not me right i mean and i'm guilty of it sometimes too because i'm like republican i'm automatically thinking oh no they're not vaccinated (laughs) they're probably racist and that's not always the case like sometimes people really are fiscally conservative and that's the only reason why they vote the way they do and because they don't have privy to the thoughts of what's life like for other people outside of their own bubble network or group you know i get it but i it's try also like- i don't have a click in columbus i try to run around with a bunch yeah. of different people i like having diversity mm-hmm. um me too but although now it's because of everything that's going on it's just it's harder for me to be friends with people who I'm their only black friend or I'm the only person of color friend. I'm like, how have you gone this long? And I'm your first, or like, what have you been doing? Where have you been living? And I don't, and like, sometimes it's, it's uncomfortable when it's just a matter of an interrogation or they only call me whenever something black happens to them or something, or they want explanations for what's going on. That's black people news. I'm like, dude, I am not the spokesperson (laughs) for all black people or people of color. Just like you're not the spokesperson for all gay men, you know, like, I don't know, like everybody has a different path and different expectations in life. Yeah. And on the same token, I used to be Republican. And so I get it. Like when you live in a certain bubble, it's really easy to just only me and you've Be had this conversation about your own dollars in life and then realize, wait, what happens to me when I'm a senior citizen and I can't afford the lifestyle I'm accustomed to because I'm no longer working and who's going to take care of me? Yeah. Me what if somebody robs me and you know, like there's so many different things. Like when I moved to North Carolina, I moved here temporarily just because my mom was sick and I didn't have medical insurance and found out I was pregnant. Oh, so but your daughter, you are a very lucky. It was before I don't all think... of the Obamacare stuff where pre-existing conditions, and they were like, oh, it costs $5,000 a month for you to get coverage because of your previous medical stuff and you're a high-risk pregnancy. Oh. Who can afford $5,000 a month just for insurance? I know some of my mm. people. It was crazy. And then when I tried to go very embarrassingly because I was like how dare I need Medicaid or Medicare or whatever it's called for my age group and when I went there they're like oh it would have been easier if you didn't have a social security number (laughs) and I was like wait what because I'm a legal American I can't get help 
because I make too much money. Uh, like I have too many assets. Like it was just like, but I can't afford medical insurance. So we went into a lot of debt, and it opened my eyes this to is what other you people Jay? have to deal with. Like, of course, you're stuck in the system when the system almost wants you to stay a certain poverty level in order to be able to afford medical insurance. Like you shouldn't have to make life and death decisions based on your health that you can't control sometimes. I mean, I, agree I was you. told I couldn't get pregnant, so I wasn't like being irresponsible. <laughs> I just was like, ah, I can't get pregnant. This isn't going to happen. Well, and look at how lucky did. you and did get. I'm so grateful for my daughter, but it also, she opened my eyes that you can play by the rules. You can, I had zero debt at that time because I paid my own way through college. And at the time I graduated, I had zero debt because I paid every month, even while I was in school, I was paying down my debt for college. Right. And I went to private school as well as public school. So it was like a lot so of money. So you still are bougie. And like, I was like, <laughs> man, I should have just ran it all up. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had more of my savings. Like who knew? Right. But yeah, like. I mean, you don't know. That. How old were you when this happened? Or when you went through this? 30 some when I had my baby. You know, I'll just sell. Well, I know how old she is. So I was 32. I didn't have insurance for a long while, and I thought I wasn't going to be able to have insurance because yeah. Fred worked at a cat works at a Catholic hospital, and right. I was like, there's no way they're ever going to give us the opportunity to be on each other's insurance. I'm like, that's right. like never going to happen. And lo and behold, it did. Now we're married. None of that's a good thing or a bad thing. Oh, it's a great thing. Love is love. Well, if you're happily married, of course. Exactly. But I mean, but I think because the government also would limit the fact whether, because I I remember when we were fighting this here in North Carolina for Prop 1, I think it was, where, like, that was part of the reason why gay gay marriage needed to go through is that you couldn't visit at hospitals if you weren't married. You couldn't get the information. You couldn't be covered by insurance. Um they did do like spousal some like a domestic oh, partnership. Oh yeah, domestic or partnership. Stupid, I wonder, did they do away you, with like that? Wills since... and um, if you had children together, then that would be something Have they that done would be an issue that? if you died. Like the biological or the paternal or whoever's um, I... whoever was genetically linked to the children could take them away from the gay spouse. Yeah, if I kind of question. You know, if... like there were so many other legal reasons that was important. I kind of question if they got rid of that. The situation where it's like, you know, like, again, if you're not part of that community, it's really easy to be a certain party and vote a certain way until you find out, oh, wait, this could screw our economy too <laughs> if we're not... I feel like we're screwed any which as, way these you know, days. If, if they're caught up in this legal cycle that's causing poverty when it's not necessary. Do you think they're still letting people use the um, uh, domestic partnership benefit for people who may be living with someone and don't allow them to get married? I vaguely remember reading something way back when where somebody said, oh, you are... You are now only allowed to be on somebody's insurance if you guys are actually married. If you're not actually yeah. married, then there's no reason for you to be if on this, whatever the insurance thing was. Right. Does that make sense? I know for myself, like, I remember thinking I never wanted to get married until I had a kid. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I want us all to have the same last name. Because <laughs> I grew up kind of a hodgepodge family where my mom kept her last name, her maiden name, 
she wanted to, you know, stand her ground as being a powerful feminist and so on. But, yeah. you know, and she had built a na- her career off of Olivia Gatewood as an artist. She didn't want to change it to her husband's name. What's her and website, then I just had in case anybody wants to go to my it. biological father. And it just, I hated it where I just felt like I wasn't part of my family because none of us had the same last name. Right, right. And... You know, and people just presumed my last name was one thing or the other. But, um, and I think if I never had a child, I probably would have kept my last name because A, it's easier to spell. <laughs> I wouldn't have to explain to people all the time how to right. spell cower. But no, um, <laughs> I think that's easy. K A U E. I get right? it. Like, you want your independence, you don't want to feel uh, codependent on someone else. But at the same time, I think people should have that right to choose whether or not they want to be married or not. Right. Not the government should decide. Although I'm, I don't know how that works with well, polyamorous families. Do you, do you families. still think like, that those people are entitled, them, entitled to get insurance? The tra- do you think traditional idea of two people being married, then I think the government should allow it because so if two they're people, making a family. If yeah. two people aren't married, do you think that they should be entitled to getting um the other uh, spouse's benefits and be on their insurance if they choose to be? You know, I think by a case by case I'm just, basis, I'm just curious. Because my husband's insurance is amazing. Like, it's, right. the UPS insurance is so good. I could understand people staying married to someone just for that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my mom was going through her cancer battle. Like, it was, I think Obamacare had just started, but before, but before that, um, she, she wasn't on Obamacare and she had to pay like a $5,000 deductible. Oh God, so she insane. had to get like all of her surgeries before year end. And she was diagnosed in May. It was like Mother's Day weekend. Actually, she got diagnosed. And so within six months, she had to get her um, double mastectomy, reconstruction, like all oh, of that. And, and your mother does not very- look her age at all whatsoever. And she had just lost her brother to cancer maybe a year or, s- or two before that. So it was, like, really traumatizing to not be able to just take your time with it. But also, like, the fear of I have to pay another $5,000 for something that I was diagnosed with already just was terrifying. And I remember one of her good friends was like, well, we could get married and you could have be under my insurance and this wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. And to even have to contemplate that. I mean, thankfully my mom didn't have to do that. Everybody's arguing about gay marriage. They're going to, they were like, people are going to be marrying their dogs. People are going to be marrying (laughs) like, look at, so now that this has all gone through, that's none of that has ever happened for when, um, people like me getting married with my husband, you know, like interracial relationships, even like, Oh, well, once they let black and white people marry, then what's to stop them from marrying their dog? Like a lot of times when I hear those so arguments, ridiculous. I think about the fact they use the same arguments for race and they use the Bible as an excuse for why it's an abomination back then as well. And so it's like, it, you well, know, we've now covered. We've, we've now covered all three topics, which I tell thumb. people. <laughs> we've covered all three all three topics, which I've told people that we're not supposed to cover: guns, <laughs> gods, and gays. Whoops! So, well, you started it. I know. The three my A's. Um, this podcast mm-hmm. has been good. What else is there? Anything else we should cover here? We have. I mean, I don't want to get canceled, so maybe we should stop over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, get canceled for what? My let's hit, high let's, six 
You guys know you can follow the TDX podcast on Instagram. Um, and then Camille Cower, she's all over the place. She has so many, she has two Instagram. I have two Instagrams now. I have Danny Russo and Daniel Russo home. And you have the E spot with Camille, right? Yes. As your podcast. What's your other one? And the, and the real Camille Cower. The real it Camille is a Power, lot. Cower. Do you ever think maybe I should just go back to one again? No, because I put okay. my work on the other and I put like my fun and my friends on my main one. I don't want. Okay. I had a when I tried to. They tried to take over my Danny Russo one. I spent mm-hmm. so much time building that following up, and then when my publicist tried to take it over, I felt like I lost control of my creativity, and mm. I actually started feeling less creative. So if you go look at Danny Russo, like yesterday, I took the day off because um, I had cancellation, and I was just laying in bed, and I was posting like inspirational things. I posted that wallpaper in that bathroom that we just did. Which um, I love. Oh my god! I know. God. Um, hey, I need for you to come down and visit me in North Carolina just to like tell me what I should do to my house. I told you I would. Um, I know, but I'm just telling you, like in real life, like hey, we're getting ready to refinance. So I'm definitely I'm down. I'm down to get. I'll be down to get out of here in winter. I can tell you that. Well, um, now that I know you like it colder, come on down. It's getting cold. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, it's been great chatting with you. We have to do this again. So, make sure you're following TDX Podcast. It's our new Instagram. Our old Instagram somehow got hacked. I have no idea how that happened or why that happened. And we're trying to keep everything super secure. But, Mm. Camille, I know Melinda would say hi if she was here. She was... I told her I was going to have you on. And she was like, I want to be there. But I'm glad we Next figured. Next time we'll have to do it again. Yeah, so, I'm so glad mean, we figured granted, out how to do the this. The woman is in Bahamas. She's in the right place. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how are you? And she's always camping. I'm still waiting. My uh, finger is still healing. So yeah. I uh, yeah. got my stitches out when I got back, and mm. I have an appointment tomorrow. But I still can't move it. But from what I'm hearing, there's pins in my hand. My new car is in production, and Yay! it's supposed to be done on the 8th, but they don't know how they're going to get it here, so I'm really excited about getting that. Well, and we'll we've have just to talk been... off air about your new car, because I, I was there with you when you were talking about all of the... It's the same car, same exact car. Okay. Oh, great! Yeah. So you can self-drive your butt on down here yeah, and show same it to me in person. car, and then remember I was looking for a box truck? Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up ordering the car with the tow hitch, so we're going to get a nice. matching black trailer. It's a cargo <sighs> trailer that's going to have my logo on it, and it's going to basically be like a driving billboard. I really want to do on the back loading doors, I want to make it look like you can see into the trailer, and I want to make it look like there's like a disco ball swinging or a chandelier swinging. <laughs> But I want to do something cool. But well, yeah, we'll talk about okay. that. I'm excited. All of a sudden, that song is in, stuck in my head. Hey, 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 what you going to do? Hollywood swinging. I don't know. Isn't that the Columbus Club or Cleveland? I don't know. I'm not a good <laughs> singer, so feel free to edit that part out. <laughs> All right. It's been so good talking to you. I love you so much. Likewise. I'm going to call you later I today. I love you so much. All right. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Have a good day. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy designing. Follow your dreams. You can be anything. You can be an actor, an actress, a commercial actor, 
podcaster, a designer. We've had so many careers. <laughs> Hello. And yeah. But just enjoy life, be happy, be nice, and be consistent to everybody. Right? Is yeah. that good advice? Absolutely. Okay. I love you. I love and you we'll too. Talk to you soon. Call me later. Hope I will. you win. I will. Love your hair. Hope you win. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.